winding road Seasons come and seasons go They take me high, then leave me low But I'm still standing on the only rock I know You're my cornerstone All right, everybody, welcome to another week of Root Issues. I'm obviously not Chris Henderson, but <laughs> today you're with me, Lauren Emery, and I'm joined in the booth today with Steve. I'm here. And Lexa. Hello. And of course, Mr. Brave. Mr. Brave. always here. And this week we're looking at Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, about how to speak the truth in love. And so I'm going to kick it out to Pastor Steve to kind of give us a summary. If you missed it, I do encourage you to go watch it because it was amazing. But just for a quick little summary on your drive time, take us there, Mr. Steve. Yes. Um, well, uh, we just kind of broke it down to three things to think about. The first in verses 11 through 13 for Paul is talking about this beautiful gift that Jesus has given the church, the five-fold ministry, uh, apostles, prophets, uh, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and these gifted people are given to the church to equip the saints for the work of ministry. So the overarching question uh, is who's equipping us? Are we being equipped? And uh, we talked a little bit about what that looks like, specifically, very practically, what it looks like here at Crossroads to be equipped, what the processes we have in line for that. Um, and we talked a little bit about the larger church idea of high church versus free church and, and the view of the fivefold gifting and the role of that. We maybe can get into that or not. The second thing in verses... Um, uh, verse 14 specifically was, well, Paul says we're to be equipped, right, so we can grow up in the fullness of Christ, in beautiful language, into the knowledge of the Son of God, and it takes equipping. It takes so that everyone can be equipped for the work of ministry where we all understand our service. We're serving in the body together, um, and that process will build us up in the truth. So the second point is get established in the truth, and I can't do that without equipping and being integrated into a local body in fellowship doing that together. And um, we just talked about, boy, all the, the he lists out several things that are dangerous if we don't, um, that a church or individuals can be led astray quickly into uh, the waves and the wind and all these things of a doctrine that'll take us off into, and we talked a little bit about false teachers here, and we um, talked about the importance of uh, learning the truth. In other words, making sure to evaluate our podcast. What are we, what are we listening to? Who are we reading? In other words, uh, we're so highly individualized today. Boy, well, how do I know that I'm being, I'm growing up in the truth, right? Depending upon who I read. So you need uh, the whole premise of the New Testament is that we grow up in these things as a body of believers, right? That we're vulnerable, we're accountable, we're a part of wrestling with these things um, together. We just don't go out like just on our own. Um, and the final one is just this idea of all this works together to build us up in love. And, um, and this idea of speaking the truth in love is this language now. You have to be established in the truth. And we have to be established in the love of God. And, and these things works together as a beautiful picture of what community should look like as we grow together, right, as, um, as God's church. And that, well, you can't side too far on the truth issue and too far on the love issue. You've got to have them both together. So. That's awesome. To kick us off, what has your guys' experience been with free church versus high church mm. and growing up with the fivefold ministry and how it played a part in your life? 
Yeah. Um, well, um, do you want me to go? Lex, or you, you got your hands full there. Yeah, fun. yeah. Why don't you want, go first? Want me to go I'll first? follow you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a great question. I have been all over the board. I, we started out very much high church, Episcopal high church. And um, we, after we, as a family, were saved, we, um, meaning that we thought we were Christians and very religious people, but then we had a personal encounter with Jesus as our Savior, is that we still stayed in high church. We stayed in a Methodist church for a long time. But then after that, we moved actually into a very open, free, a kind of even charismatic church. And actually after that, we moved into more of a Bible church, which was free church, you know, in the sense of it was not real liturgical um, based on the word and yeah. simple principles, uh, but it wasn't as charismatic. So we've had a, a unique um, blend of uh, all of those growing up. What about you? Lex? Yeah, I would say I would say I grew up more in like free church. It was not denominational, nothing liturgical. I actually really didn't know much about other denominations that were very... <laughs> routine and litur- liturgical until college and people started explaining like the kinds of churches they grew up in and I was like I have never heard of that <laughs> and so me talking to like a Lauren Emery I was like what are you talking about like please explain this to me so yeah we definitely we definitely were also more of a bible church though so we highly 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 valued the word of God uh, which was a great foundation for me yeah. awesome. I was Episcopalian when I was first, my first few years in life, <laughs> and which I thought was great because they baptized dogs. So once a year, you bring your dog oh to church. Oh my gosh! Did you guys wow! See that? <laughs> no, that's that's interesting. Okay. I don't know what that was, but that was the best part of my year. Yeah, interesting. Um, and then <sighs> I was Southern Baptist, which is that? Is that high church? No, uh, but it would be maybe Southern Baptist would be more in the Anabaptist Free Church stream, but. Again, okay, cool. there are there are it, uh, traditions there. Yeah. It's not just free, free, you know, kind of non-denominational it, free church. The Southern Baptist Church I grew up in felt very religious, very strict, mm-hmm. and very, this is how we do it. And right. then there wasn't a ton of the fivefold ministry or the Holy Spirit moving. Mm-hmm. God didn't really speak to us still. It was mostly just mm-hmm. the uh, Bible. And then... I was Church of Christ for a few months, and oh. then, yeah. You got even stricter. Even yeah, more, really, and yeah. then I was like, I like yeah. the rules. And then yeah. <laughs> and then I went to a pretty free church in college, okay. and now I'm here. So, yeah. Very fun. And I think anybody listening to this, we're not, there isn't, we're not criticizing, uh, you know, the, uh, a high church. There's something beautiful about high church. Mm-hmm. The problem with high church in our simple generalized definition here is that we over hist- over time is high church deno- high denominational liturgical thing uh, we add human tradition and mm. what happens over time is that human tradition takes the place of the role of the spirit and more the freedom of what god wants to do um, and we teach more those traditions than we do actually sometimes the scripture. The problem with free church, right, is you go to the far extreme, is that you don't have any bounds. You know, it gets too free and it gets mm-hmm. too off the word of God. And mm-hmm. um, so, you know, we can learn from both. Uh, in this. And when I say free church, too, I'm, I'm speaking all the way back to the Anabaptists, all the way back, let's say, to what we just see in the book of Acts, right, as yeah. far as when people gathered together, they broke bread, they preached the word, the spirit allowed was allowed to move. People were all involved, right, with... Um, and there was a high emphasis not only in the truth of the Word of God, but also on the movement of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's a good way to put that. Yeah, like I feel much more educated on what free church, high church, and 
where all the denominations totally and and i love what you said about both are valuable but when we get on either Mm -hmm. side of the extreme that's when we on both sides move away from the gospel itself from jesus being the center and it becomes the value of freedom or the value of the routine yeah or the ritual yeah i mean you know you go to churches and there's sometimes it's just all liturgy all Mm -hmm. man's liturgy here's Mm -hmm. the form here's what we do and there's no space for the Holy Spirit. Right. Uh, and there's no freedom of involvement from those who are there. Uh, on the other side, free church, sometimes it can be so free that there isn't right real clear teaching on the word, right, um, and other things. So, um, you know, I think it's always back to the word and the spirit. Yeah. So those are kind of our backgrounds, but how did you guys say you would get established in the truth? Looking at Ephesians 4.14, we talked about how important it is to know the truth, to grow in the truth. How did you guys get to where we are today, I mm. guess you could say, in your understanding of the fivefold and how the church operates. Oh, those are big questions. Uh, you want to go first, actually? Yeah, I mean, the first thing that I think about is the Word of God. Like I just, I just said previously, my church that I grew up in really valued the Word of God, and so I grew up learning to value the Word of God. But I would say I didn't really <laughs> like dive into the Word of God until I was older. Um, And so I would have told you, like, the word is the most important thing, and the word is, like, capital T truth, like, the one truth. But I I don't think I knew very much of Scripture itself until I started diving into it more on my own. Um, And in, in, like, discipleship context. And so I would say get established in the truth. Well, to get established in the truth, we have to know the truth, which means we need to be in our Bibles better be in your Bibles, people. And then the establishing, I feel like, to me, speaks of, like, firmness and, like, security. And I think that's where the fivefold comes in when you're walking in discipleship with someone who's gifted in a fivefold gifting. They will—I th- I feel like it's a—that that person who has that gifting really helps secure your knowledge. And, the, like, if there's questions or— um, just like, like theological things, like how does this work? How did what does God say about that? I think these gifted leaders who are to equip the saints, they are people that we can take these questions to and really get solid answers. Yeah. Uh, if if we, you know, if they're trusted people in the church and um, mm-hmm. <laughs> good standing, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm sure. just thinking out loud here, but yeah, anything to add, Steve? Yeah, the fivefold gifting, it, it's such a, a big deal because, again, I'm gonna gen- a lot of this is generalizations, but most high church, most denominations um, r- do not put any emphasis on the fivefold gifting at all. They think apostles and prophets, that was done, that was just the 12 and the others, um, and, uh, and th- so they're not valid. Any That gifting uh, is not valid. Of course, we all, anybody in orthodoxy believes there's only 12 disciples or apostles, uh, technically, but there's get apostolic gifting that sent ones, those who are kingdom-minded, exp- expanding the kingdom and everything. And prophets still, the, uh, does the gift of prophecy obviously exist? Now, what's interesting about the fivefold is these were five people. It says the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists were, are people gifted that God gives to the church to equip the saints. And so these are not just people out there like on the internet, like who are just building their platform. These are people in the local church who are specifically building up the saints, who Mm. are practically not just ministering through their gifting 
out there, but they are speaking in and equipping in others to be apostolic, to be prophetic, to be evangelists, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that's just very key for a very healthy church. Um, and so I, I think I asked the question, you know, uh, uh, on Sunday, who, have you have you been equipped by an apostolic gifted person, you know, and, and how do you know? And right. I think for me over the years, being in denominations, and everything, I just didn't know. Most of us have only experienced pastoral and a teacher mm-hmm. uh, in evangelist, especially with Southern Baptist, you're going to have the evangelist come through, right? A mm-hmm. little bit of that, but typically here's the, what's important. That evangelist that came to your church in the Southern Baptist or others, they, they came with a big evangelistic message. They didn't hang around. Mm-hmm. They just gave a evangelist called the people. This is how many people are saved. And they whisked off somewhere else. That is, is not a fivefold gifted person. Mm. Um, we call those people who pop in, pop off, and pop out. That is not <laughs> a fivefold gifting. Is if they're fivefold, they would hang around and they would impart, as Paul says in Romans one eleven, mm. spiritual gifting to others, so that that gift would flourish in that body. Does that make sense? That's yeah. so critical. You know, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I think that's really helpful for our own discernment when we're thinking: Have I been equipped by? <laughs> A fivefold ministry teacher or pastor or evangelist, like, have they imparted something to you? Right. Like, I would say, I, I think this goes back to Lauren, your your question. I would say I've been really equipped by a lot of prophetically gifted people, and so I would say I feel like that is some like a way that I lean. Like, if we're talking about fivefold giftings, I feel like I lean towards. The prophetic and encouraging, comforting, uplifting. And I think that's because of how I was equipped in ministry. And I love what you said, Steve. And I think about this in the context of discipleship, too, of like, are we imparting what we've been given, like what we've been taught, what we've been given? Are we imparting that to others that we're walking with? Because that is how the body grows and not just grows, but matures. Like it's talking about a little bit later. And, um, Ephesians 4, I want to find this. Yeah, and I would just jump in here real quick to say this is how we grow in our gifting and how we move towards playing that five-fold role in the church is that I move from just using my gift to upbuild and strengthen, you know, in in a service or in a Bible study or whatever, uh, a prophetic gift of encouraging people. I move to where, man, I want to, the people that I spend time with, um, bless you, but is I want to impart, I want them right, to share in this gifting. So I'm praying and I'm teaching people about how to use this gift and what a blessing it is, right? What what would you say your main is? Ooh, that's a great question. I like have my guess, but like I'm curious what Mm. God's revealed to you. No, no, you go ahead. I'm real curious. (laughs) What do you think? Well, like I feel like Nat, like I would obviously say teacher like i think you're a very gifted teacher but you're also obviously an awesome builder which is the apostle so and you impart well she is spot on right there in in that order and (laughs) and, uh, that's very impressive you know a teacher and uh, and, um and and here's when when, and you always hesitate any today to take talk about apostolic but the issue the overarching issue of apostolic gifting is you're not just concerned about one area in the church. Mm-hmm. You're concerned about a whole, the big picture, the health of the church. And you're concerned that the church is expanding the kingdom out to the nations as much as possible. And 
maybe you don't go, or, mm-hmm. or you know, but uh, or you might go on vision trips, but you want to fan, you want to see that expansion, right? And and the church has to have those. Doesn't have to be the lead pastor. It, it can be, it should be multiple people, right? Um, and that's what happened to me. I. I the first time I saw that kind of gifting, right, was in South Africa, and I was around with a bunch of pastors, and oh my gosh, I mean, I was like, I felt, it, it was like their vision for the church and planting churches all around the world was, I was just like, whoa, I, my Baptist or my high church got none of that. Mm-hmm. It was just about the denomination, just about the local, there was no larger kingdom push, right? And that just put a spark, right, of like, whoa, that's that's amazing. Okay, cool. back to you. Um, what are y'all? What do y'all think y'all are pressing into? Now, both of you, this is very, it's already been said, both of you are extremely prophetic. I'm going to say that's number one <laughs> on both of you. And it's Probably. just aw- it's awesome, right, to see. Um, would you agree, Lauren? Yeah, number I feel one's like, prophetic. well, pa- pastor's also called shepherd, right? Absolutely, yes. of course. I feel like I must... Usually, like, if people are just, like, tagging, I don't know, telling me, like, they tell me I'm probably more pastoral, shepherd, and then prophetic. Yeah. Which I think makes sense, because I, but I think I was discipled, sure. both of the people that discipled me through college were shepherds. So, I think Beautiful. I, like, picked up. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but I think, like, I always they inherited. They imparted that right. to you. I think they imparted <laughs> yes. the pastoral right. side and shepherd side first, and then it wasn't until, like, my junior year, when I was in Dubai, that I even figured out I was could walk into prophetic. Really? I didn't know that is when, because Lori and I were living in Dubai together for three months. That is how we became friends. But I didn't know that you didn't feel. No, like if you would have asked me before Dubai, I'd be like, I'm not prophetic at all. Oh my gosh. That is the funniest thing because Lauren's one of the most prophetic people I know. (laughs) So, well, and the beauty about that is we, you know, this isn't like set in stone. We can ebb and, you know, different seasons of life. We can explore, right? Different gifting and move into it. I do think though, there's one or two of these that just take hold. That's just who we are. Right. But I think even like just take your prophetic and pastoral, there's going to be times where you're going to be more pressing into the prophetic. There's going to be times where, but the pastoral is always there because you are constantly coming alongside people, shepherding them, caring for them, leading them to the, to, to the body of Christ and into the Lord. And, uh, you know, those are, that's just fantastic. Lexa, what about you? What's number two? I Definitely was, prophetic. I, what was, else? I was thinking about what is number two? Mm-hmm. And I think teaching. That's because, what I was going to say. Okay. Because... Uh-huh. I, there's something about when, I don't know, something happened in college where people just started, like, asking me questions and, like, expecting me to have an answer, and I was like, well, I don't know, let's figure it out together, (laughs) but I went, um, I went through a discipleship school, and I learned a lot, and stuff, I'm, stuff that I learned, I'm still, like, pulling out that I I didn't understand then, and the Lord is just now speaking on, like, he's, he's doing that, but I think I, I, experience a lot of life and I feel like I'm operating um like closely in partnership with the Holy Spirit when I'm teaching others like what God has taught me and that's really fun to do like especially in discipleship context I think like twos or threes maybe Mm -hmm. one-on-one that's that is my it's my bread and butter I think well and you guys do the torch prayer podcast which is a teaching yes. platform right mm-hmm. so i'm mean, your teaching testimonies what god's doing so you know there there you have it teaching you know? about the experiential knowledge of god yeah which is so key mm-hmm. right um 
And, and that brings up a really good point. I think if people listening to this think about the gifting is that these are supernatural gifts, right? right? They're not just, I naturally am this way or something. Yeah. Now, it, it, God can use that for sure, and he does. But it also, people say, oh, well, you know, you, you're not a prophet. You got that wrong or something. He says, this is ridiculous. Like every one of those, you have to develop the gift, right? Mm. And so those special fivefold that God gives, right, or people, they're not just like, boom, all of a sudden they were this great apostle or they were this great teacher. Is No, it, it was a growth, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's growth in the effort, right, to equip myself and be equipped coupled with leaning into the Holy Spirit to be empowered for that gift. Does that make sense? Yeah. You got to have both, right? Mm-hmm. So some, some, you know, free church, let's say, or more charismatic yeah. church is going to lean, oh, just pray for it, you'll get it, you know, type thing. <laughs> uh, the other side, it's all, it's all just natural, it's just equip yourself in your intellect, right? Mm-hmm. It's word and spirit, right, together is, is where it really becomes exciting. I feel like I went through a season, I think, in college at some point where I was like, I would just go up to people that I like really admired and knew they carried something to Sue and be like, will you pray for me? Yeah. <laughs> and like, that was such That's a fun season. It was bold. That's awesome. But bold. it was super fun because it was like, I really wanted the gift of healing, which is in a five-fold ministry. It's one of the spiritual gifts. And I like, you know, I've seen healings, but I'm like, I want the, like, I want this. And so like, I would just like know, find people that I knew yeah. were gifted in that or like had seen it That's and awesome. be like, Pray for me. <laughs> but I think it. that's beautiful. That is that is what we should do, right? I know if somebody tells me, I really want the gift of tongues or whatever, let's say, then find somebody who operates in that gift and have them right. pray for you, right? In part, this is Romans 1, 11. Paul yeah, says, I long to be with you. I may impart to you some spiritual gift. And it's not just Paul who does that, right? Um, and, um, you know, so it's not that you have some extra power, but it's just that God, you can teach them the practical aspects of how you came into that gift, right? And how you use it, right? And pray for them. And and this is part of speaking the truth in love. Yeah. A healthy community, right, is is being open both ways. I'm going to speak the truth and, and impart what I can to bless you, to build you up is my motivation, but vice versa. I have to be accountable. I need you to speak in because you have something I don't have, right, that I want you to pray for me, right? And, and, um, yeah. and yeah, that makes Super sense. Super good. Super good. I'm just thinking about this, like, last point of getting built up in love. And I think I want to dive into that more of, like, how do we build others up in love? What does that, like, practically look like? I mean, Steve, I know you just kind of were talking a little bit about that, but I guess I'll throw it to you, Lauren. I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> but, but when you think about, like, getting built up in love, what does that look like? I think the two things that first well, like, two things came to mind was that as, like, you watch, or as you step into just, like, serving in the church, like, we, as the body, have to be, like, intentional to encourage when someone's walking in their gift and when we see it. Like, you can't just, I mean, don't just assume that if someone's serving, like, they know they're a servant. Like, you should, like, call them out, like, for what they do as well, because that builds them up in love and encouragement and gives them a little bit more faith. And then also, through, like, discipleship, like, um, when you're like confessing sins or it's like stuff you're struggling with, like there's a space where then that person gets to speak the love of Jesus into you and build you up yeah. and exchange like lies for truth, which you can do by yourself too, but getting into a situation where people get to apply the gospel into your life and like see you and choose love is like super powerful. That's and I awesome. think it opens yourself to learn how to receive truth and love and then speak truth and love when I you 
open yourself up in a discipleship relationship. Beautiful. The church community, when somebody steps in who doesn't know the Lord, or anybody steps in, they should experience a community, and there should be a absolute environment of love, something Right, it, it should be like stepping into a, a family dinner table where there's yeah. just love in the atmosphere. It should be something overwhelming for them of acceptance, grace, mercy. They should observe people loving and caring and praying and serving each other, right? So there should be this manifest expression of the love of God. If Christ is the head, if the presence of God is present, right, there should be this incredible love there. Uh, the first point um, of getting equipped, right, so we can do ministry when somebody is equipped, when you're given a spiritual gift, when you're invited into ministry, all that does is bolster this incredible idea that God loves me. I, I right? It, it addresses this deep heart issue of I'm I'm valuable to God. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not just sitting back here in the back row, hidden away. God sees me as being valuable here, right? And the second one, being established in the truth, is the more the Word of God, the more we can stand on the rock, and more we know the truth of God. Right, then obviously the more we know his love for it. We know what the word says about our identity. And the next verses we get to this Sunday is about taking off that old self, putting on that new self. That's Don't get cr- too far ahead now. Yeah. <laughs> sneak <laughs> peek. Right. That's right. Yeah, this is but you know, it's peak. putting on this new self that yeah. was created in the likeness of God and holiness and righteousness. Whoa. When we learn that, right, the love of God takes hold inside our, our soul is the truth of God. Right. And again, think about it. in all of our lives, we can boil it down to if I have an issue, if I'm struggling with something, it's really boils down to a truth and lie issue. Mm-hmm. I'm believing a lie either the, from the enemy or myself or what was said over me or whatever versus what God says for me. Mm-hmm. So if I'm built in the truth, I'm built up in his love. Those go hand in hand. That's so good. Like truth and love are married. They're not they're different things, but they are one and the same. Yeah. Also marriage. Because God is love, God and is he love. is truth. And he is truth. <laughs> so. And they are different. Exactly. But they have incredible value. Absolutely. Um, Pastor Steve, I have one more question for you, or <laughs> whoever wants to. Um, if, like, a pastor was listening to this, and they're like, oh, my gosh, we don't really, like, work in the fivefold ministry. Like, mm. we're, like, small group leaders, whoever. Like, we're not utilizing this wonderful gift in like the whole body what would be something you'd encourage them to start doing or like how would you encourage someone to take the step into it's a great question really that's a really great question that's like a whole nother podcast but i'll give you a quick thing i'm gonna in our in our own journey here but you know (laughs) no speak into it from your experience um i I, a couple of very practical things is for us as we kind of got into this 20 something years ago as a church transition kind of um first thing was the elders have to just pray god Show us this truth. Lord, raise up for us. We still do this to this day. Uh, matter of fact, Trinity, we before Trinity came into a process of eldership, we were praying, Lord, raise up an evangelist. Raise up a voice of someone who is known in this community who lives a life of evangelists, and that's Trinity, right? Which cool. is very obvious, right? And God, what does he do? He starts providing, <laughs> right? And show us, Lord, we, are, we have a deficit in apostolic. We want that. Raise that up. Raise up. So we just pray through. Lord, raise these people up. Let us know. Let us, we realize as elders, we can't. We don't have, we need, you know. Second thing is that we started in our partnerships with other churches. We started bringing people in, E4 gifted people, um, meaning Ephesians 4, meaning fivefold gifted people. Mm. 
to speak to us, to speak to our church, mm-hmm. bring in the, 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 especially the ones that were lacking, the apostolic or the prophetic. So we brought in some friends that were very prophetically gifted, and, uh, and we had conferences and, you know, started teaching these things. So yeah. those would be, and then in discipleship, um, just practically leading people to start praying right into these things. God has something for you, you know, and, and it's not limited to those fivefold, right? Those those are kind of foundational things that are needed for a church, but under those are this whole plethora of multiple gifts, right, that we need for a healthy church. That's so cool, actually. So. I was just sitting yeah. here like, how does the church like become a fivefold? Yeah, I've never thought church, about that like, process. Like you're not. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and the, the step before the elders praying is is the elders wrestling or the leaders in the church, elders and leaders, is wrestling with the theology. What do we yeah. believe? Do we believe that this is died? That there's no app- do we believe this is for today? Right. Then if so, right, let's do our theology well. Then let's step forward on that. Do has the been the, sorry that's not English. You got it. <laughs> Are the healthiest like elder boards and like governing boards of churches ones that have representations of each of the fivefold? Great question. And my answer, yes. Okay, cool. And so when we look at, when we pray for people we need on the teams, you know, people move, people change, you know, all this. But Lord, please, our prayer is give us, would you give us the fivefold representation of gifting on this team? That would be awesome. Right? That's cool. That would be awesome. And let that spread out. It's not just limited to the elders, right? Let those gifts spread out yeah. to, to uh, others in the body, right? Um, so you don't have to be an elder to obviously operate yeah. at a high level of those yeah. gifts you know, in the church. So That's so cool, actually, thinking about like how churches work and how God mm-hmm. like made it for us and to like do f- and thrive. That's right. cool. Do you have anything to add? Um, I, just, I just love that idea. That idea that if you're not seeing something, pray and ask God and then activate and take a step to make space for that. So activate, make a space, invite a guest speaker who's very apostolic. If you need the apostolic ministry, like, yeah, do it. You know, and uh, we we prayed, it's been a year now, we started praying, Lord, we want, we want just from a mission, you know, apostolic move, nation moves, we want to be involved somewhere in the Middle East, you know. And, um, and boom, like God, right, with answers, you know, and now yeah. we have this gr- exciting thing we're going to be stepping into and for the long haul, hopefully, and uh, along with Israel. And um, so, you know, it, it, it God, again, that's part of the mission, right, the Great Commission. So God, he answers those prayers so in good. a powerful way, right? Our God is faithful. He's faithful. And to remember, build these healthy churches that yes, he knows that we need. Yes, and he says pr- to the disciples, pray that pray for the God would raise up labors for the harvest. Yeah. And then he and then we what we forget is he defines what those labors are, right? Below that. He sends them out to what? Heal the sick, raise right. the dead, cast demons, right? Powerful ministry, not just mm-hmm. preaching the kingdom of the gospel of the kingdom, but also ministering powerfully in the ways of the spirit. Okay, well, we are just fresh out of time, so thank you so much for coming to listen today. We hope this was encouraging and building up to you. If you have any questions or you want to reach out, you can email us at rootissues at ccaspen.com or reach out to any of us. You can find us at church. I hope you have a blessed week. Come